This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul, with partner in crime tonight, Jared Timms. It's Saturday night. How are you doing, Jared? I'm doing pretty good. Normal, uh, normal Saturday. A little toasty out today, but had baseball practice earlier, and uh, you know, thought I had a lot of fun. Are you still playing, or what's what's going on with you in baseball? I'm not. I'm coaching. You're coaching. Uh, I'm doing analytics. Yeah, I'm doing doing the analytics stuff for my uh, college, getting my master's, trying to make a little bit more money. You know, you know how the world goes around. Gotta make cash these days, especially living in California. Cost of living through the roof. No ridiculous. Ridiculous is right. Well, we have a show planned for you. It took a little bit of a different turn, and it's a little awkward. I can, I can tell you, I can tell already. It's just this is take number two because I couldn't even say it right. In just a long, long year of all kinds of just horrible things happening, Mark Langston last night in the radio booth needs to be resuscitated. If I can say the word right, CPR. It was not a good thing. We'll talk about that more in the podcast, but it kind of just casts a pall over this episode. It casts a pall over the rest of the season. I mean, it's just been, honestly, man, Jared, I can't, I just can't remember a time when following the Angels through an entire season has just been this, well, I don't even know the word, traumatic, drama, dramatic, traumatic, just sad, actually, just, just tough to, just tough to watch and tough to listen to. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I was thinking about that, you know, right after I got the Langston news, and you know, I mean, I've really only been a huge, you know, I guess fan or you know, big Angels guy for about you know ten years now, and it, I mean, it's I just can't remember even like dating back like a couple. I mean, going back to like even sixty one. When was like there? There has never really been a year like this where it's just been just so such a rough year all around. So I mean. Just it's uh, I, I I don't know I mean it's 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 tough to watch it's tough it's tough to cover it's tough tough to listen to it's tough to talk about I mean it's just tough I don't that's the best best way for me to explain it just it's tough I mean, life is tough for on Anaheim it's been tough this year and it was weird about it overall is 
it doesn't seem to be ending. Like every time things start to settle down for this team, something else happens. So Mark Langston last night, and then a few days ago, Renhefo goes down with a hand injury. He's on 60-day DL. Before that, Trout gets surgery. Upton's out for the season. It's just been nonstop throughout the year. And you just have to wonder what on earth has happened to this franchise this year. Like, is, <laughs> Did somebody sit there you know, before the season started and started hexing it or what? I, I don't know, but I can't think of a time. I, I just can't. I mean, I can't think of a time where things have been this rough for the franchise in terms of this bad things happening. They've had bad seasons. They've had some awful seasons over the years. But going back to Donnie Moore and what he did and the bus accident out there in Baltimore years and years ago, losing losing Aiden Hart, there's always been it's always been some type of tragedy surrounding this team. There just you don't seem to go very long without something happening with the Angels. Even last winter, Valbueno. And now Gags in the middle of this year. Then here we are, almost with Mark Langston last night. It was an interesting quote just put out by Jeff Fletcher a little while ago tonight. And he wrote in his tweet, and he has an article out, but he wrote this tweet that Mark Langston seems to be doing well today. This is all a quote. But Terry Smith wasn't so sure. I can tell you this in all certainty. They shocked him back to life. If this happened in his hotel room, he would have died, and he knows it. And that was Terry Smith talking to Jeff Fletcher at the York County Register. This is real-life stuff. And I'm already off-script a little bit with uh, with what I had planned for the podcast, but all this in mind, I think I'm... Jared, I'm a bit disgusted. And it's not with it's not with Angels fans. I'm one of them, you know? You are too. It's, it's not with the fan base overall. It's really with individuals. Because the Angels are out there. It's on social media. And if you watch enough of Angel social media over the course of a season, you get to know who the good people are, who the really good thinkers are, the ones who are jerks, and the ones who, well, they lack any kind of, they lack tact, they lack care, I guess. All this stuff happens throughout the season, and all people can do is is go on Twitter and talk about firing people. Not all people, a few of these people. Then go out there and talk about firing people. Then go out there and talking about who's going to replace Alice and and uh, who's going to replace Epler and who's going to replace every single person you can possibly imagine. Talking about how, how Artie Moreno doesn't want to win. And man, this season's been so much, it's been about so much more than baseball. And it's unbelievable to me that we even see these conversations day in and day out. It, it's hard for me to swallow, man. It's it's never ending. I don't think it will ever end. Um, it's just one of those things where, and I, you can't blame anybody for it. it it's tough for me to really just say, I mean, hey, shut up. You know, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, it, am I wrong to say that this has probably been one of the worst years in baseball history for a franchise? I mean. In all, like in all due seriousness, I mean, you lose the player, you you almost lose a broadcaster, you, you know, you we're down here at the end of the season, and basically there's no starters up. I mean, minus Pujols, minus Fletcher, Calhoun's playing. I mean, it's just, it's it's just been one of those years, and everybody, you know, including myself, including you, and you know, John, and I don't want to speak for you guys, but. You know, we just kind of need to take a step back sometimes and realize that 
it is, you know, it's just baseball. You know, life, life, other things in life really matter. Like, I mean, Mark Langston, you know, he, he matters. You can, we can go on and forget about it and start complaining about Osmus or Epler or whoever you want to complain about or you want to complain to myself or Jeff Fletcher, Maria, whoever, you know, whoever anybody wants to go and complain about, you can. But, I mean, sometimes you just got to take a step back and realize that, you know, we're, we're still living here in real life. And last night we almost, you know, lost another angel. Uh, unfortunately, horrible, you know. So just every, every once in a while you just got to kind of take a step back and just relax and smile and watch a game and enjoy a game without complaining about it. You know, I mean, I believe, I think we're, uh, I'm not watching the game right now, but I, I believe the angels are winning right now. They right? were up four to one last I checked on this Saturday night, which that can mean a lot of different things, but we'll see. It's just to me, it's really easy for us to lose perspective. It's really easy. And back when Tyler passed away, one of the big things we said in this podcast is we would not have any major real expectation for this team the rest of the year. There's just you know when you lose a teammate, you lose somebody, uh, you lose somebody very close to you. And you know them better than family in a lot of cases. When you when you spend 162 games together, plus spring training, all the road trips, all the flights, all that stuff, you get to know these people better than your own family in a lot of cases. And to me, that just, that kind of loss will wreck a season. And I thought the Angels played admirably throughout July with that hanging over their head. And they just, they ran out of gas. That's all there really is to it. They just ran out of gas. And it hasn't stopped from there. It just injury after injury after injury. Then your your broadcast. All these guys know each other. Like Mark Langston knows these guys. If you talk to Mark Gubasaw, the reason why these guys are all emotional is because this is actually a very close knit organization. It's not just a business for many of these folks. They actually are very close knit. It's obvious when you listen to them talk, when you see them before games and after games. They they know each other, the team and the players and and all their broadcasters, they all know each other very well. And it's it's ridiculous to me that in that forefront there, with all those things going on, we have people who are just they can't see it. They all they see is there's no factors. It's just Ausmus did this, Ausmus did that, Epler did this, Epler did that. They don't think about the other factors that affect the franchise like people passing, people getting hurt, people I can't think of a time, you mentioned that, I, I can't think of a time when the Angels or really any other franchise has seen this much damage in one season to where you pretty much have to rely on your AAA team and AA team supply your players, to this degree anyways. I mean, look, look at the starting line tonight. David Fletcher's, Fletcher's hit number one, Simmons is in two spot, Pujols in three, Calhoun's in four, Kevin Smith five, then Taylor Ward. Justin Bohr, Michael Hermosillo, Caleb Cowart. That's the bottom of your lineup. With Spring Pat- training lineup. Yep, Patrick Sadoval pitching. It's 4-3 now, by the way. So, I mean, that is not a major league lineup, at least not right now. Bohr might not be back next year. Who knows about Hermosillo? Taylor Ward. I mean, we have those question marks about these prospects as it is, and I just, uh, man, <laughs> I don't have words. I'm just focusing to chill out. These folks are on Facebook and Twitter going crazy about, you know, trashing the team, trashing the players, trashing the ownership. You need, you need to stop. It's not it's not really fair, quite frankly. I know life isn't fair, but, I mean, you could try to be fair. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's you know, why people are on Facebook and are on Twitter. And, you know, 
freedom of speech for all you know fun all all that fun stuff you know you can go into it but i kind of want to bring up what you uh, brought up and about how tight knit of a team this or how how tight knit of an organization you know this organization is and i i didn't really understand it until you get a close encounter with it you know like this was this was kind of my first year of really like I not really being around the team because I never, I've never been really around the team. Besides, I was you know early in the season, I was I, I was there, but uh, you know it, I I never really understood how. I mean, Jeff and Maria and Fabian, and, you know they they talk to these guys every day. Like I don't, yeah, not a lot of people understand that. You know, I mean, and Linkston and Victor and Gooby and Terry and uh, Jose and Alex Curry, they talk to the players and the players talk to them. And, uh, you know, the guys in the front office, whether it's Billy or baseball ops guys or scouts, I mean, it's it's extremely close. So when you lose somebody like Tyler or you lose somebody, almost lose somebody like Langston or somebody goes on injury like the 25 guys that are on the DL right now, I, you know, I'm exaggerating, of course, but it's it's not easy, you know. It's it's a these guys are family, and you said it perfectly, and I think Trout said it too, you know. It, when Skaggs passed, it's you know he's you see these guys more than your own family sometimes, you know. It's it's one of those things, and it's it's a it's a family thing, you know. It's, there's a reason why they call it the Angels family. It, that's the joy of baseball, and well, you have to hope that leadership kind of pulls this franchise forward over the coming two, three years because trials make you stronger. They won't short-term, but as an organization, they can use all of this to help bring them closer together. Tragedy has a way of breeding togetherness. And when they have time this offseason to look back on the year, to recover mentally from everything, you got to think this will be a different team come March. Add in a few pieces and we're talking about a different organization altogether but with that same central group of people who walk through the fire with each other and hopefully they'll come out on the other side we don't know we don't know that for sure you're hoping they grow because i know some people don't grow i know some people fall under pressure and can't handle it and they're never the same i don't really think that's gonna happen these guys are used to trials throughout their life being an athlete and a professional out there in the middle of hundreds and thousands of fans every year, that'll toughen you up some. So I got to think that over the course of time, just trying to make it a positive, because death is not a positive, by the way. But the situation can be turned into something positive, hopefully just by growth in these guys as human beings. All right, guys, so there's our little... Well, there's just our little note on that. We do want to acknowledge it. We'll talk a little bit about Mark later in the show. We'll go through his career with the Angels in terms of the field, just so you can understand a little bit where he came from. But we do want to get into the farm system today. Before we do, we want to remind you we are a new podcast, but if you like what we're doing, please head over to Apple Music and subscribe, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. But at Apple Music, you can leave a five-star review to help us move up the charts. If you want to earn that five-star review, that's fine. Email us at talkinghalesgmail.com. Give us your feedback. If you're a new listener and you're enjoying the show, Do us a favor, please. Pass us along to other Angels fans. You can do it by text, by phone, just whatever, okay? It's fine. We'd really appreciate it. We appreciate the fact that we've grown through what I would call the uh, the grassroots of podcasting for on the sports podcasting, and we appreciate that you have come on the ride with us. Always thank you. All right. So the Angels, we saw their their prospects top 30 updated this week over there on MLB.com. 
and it's an it's an interesting group in terms of the ones they have there, where people are, and especially since so many people graduated this year. It's actually ridiculous how many Angels graduated this year. And looking where they sit right now, with Joe Adele number one, Brandon Marsh number two, Jordan Adams number three, those are all outfielders, and Will Wilson at four, and Jeremiah Jackson at five. Going down to the, the lower part of the list, the bottom of the 30, there you see Garrett Stallings, William English, Errol Vera, Robinson Pena, Michael Harmercio. What do you make of this top 30, and is there anybody you think they're missing? Um, I, I'll say, I mean, if we want to start with guys that I think they're missing, and no top 30 prospect list is correct, you know. You, you go, you can look at what we're looking at, Pipeline, you can look at Fangraphs, you can look at Baseball America, um, even my my own that I go and you know I go out and I watch guys and I and I have my own list or Taylor Taylor Blickward has his own list and you know nobody's is correct in any way possible. Um, everybody might talk to each other about it, but not everybody will agree and not everybody will be correct about it. You know, um, there are going to be guys that are missing in the top thirty that um, are you know, going to make it to the major leagues um, eventually and going to produce at the major league level. And then there are guys that are in the top 30, top 10, top number one who may not ever produce as much. So, you know, by going going for that first, I will say this. I'm, I like Pipeline. You know, they're, they do a great job there. Um, but definitely check out everybody's before you make a decision on a trade that, you know, any team made, um, go do your own research. Don't just go out and be like, well, Pipeline says this. Go out and do your research. Go out, check out other people's. Um, that being said, I think they did. I think Pipeline did, did a pretty good job. Um, with that being said, the only guy that I really don't have, or there, I guess there's a couple guys that I don't have, Garrett Stalling, who's at number 30, Robinson Pena, who's at 27, Michael Hermosillo, who's at 26. Everybody else, you know, they deserve to be on this list. And everybody who does these lists agree, you know, everybody will have these guys on their list. Once you get farther down, you know, from let's say 25 to 30, there's going to be a little bit of change in it. So, I mean, hypothetically, let's um, pipeline has Leo Rivas at 25, Michael Hermosillo at 26, Robinson Pena at 27, the 16 year old Errol Vera at 28, uh, William English, Holmes at 29, and Stalling at 30. I go 25, Jose Rojas, Jeremy Beasley at 26, Bradish at 27, Jeriel Rivera at 28, Denny Bradley at 29, and Isaac Matson at 30. So, you know, everybody up to about 25 is very similar. Um, they all have the right thinking. I mean, everybody's going to have Adele at one, Marsh at two, and then you kind of can go from there. Um, so do I think that they really missed anybody? No. I mean, it's it's a coin flip on who you really want to put in down there. It's who you believe is going to possibly contribute the most at the major league level at some point. So that's that'd be my two cents on that. Give me a little feedback here on Michael Hermosillo. He's up with a big team now. He's ranked 26th in the list. You know, We know he had a big injury last year. What really is his future at this point in the major league level? Well, going back a little bit, Hermosillo was a high school draft pick. Um, I, he was, uh, I, I think, in the you know ten to twenty range in the draft. I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but he was somebody who was a late bloomer. 
Um, he was in single A till I think I, he was one of the one of the first guys actually that I covered down in single A two years ago, and then he started shooting up. You know, he's he's a pure athlete and guy. You know, really grew into his grew into his body and really became a baseball player. At the major league level, he's going to be a you know a nice fifth outfielder, somebody that you know might not be on the forty or on the uh, twenty five or I guess it's going to be a twenty six man next year. You know, that's going to be on that roster at all times. But he's not a bad piece to have down in a down in AAA that you can pull from. So next year, hypothetically, if Trout or Adele or if Calhoun comes back or if Brian Goodwin comes back or if it, you know any of those guys, Upton, if if they get hurt, you can bring up Hermosillo and you're not losing all that much. You know, it's a nice he's a nice piece to have. Do I think he's an everyday player? No, probably not. But he's he's a nice fourth or fifth outfielder to have. Another name that keeps coming up. Especially in you know Facebook debates and so on and so forth, Kevin Maton. He was a guy that the Braves had picked up and basically got in trouble for getting. By the way, Angels wound getting him. Was once the top international prospect that was out there. What is the deal with him? Is there any real chance that he can meet that potential that people believed he had? Well, Kevin Maton is only 19 years old. Um, and I don't think a lot of people understand this. <laughs> you know, he's still very, very young. He's he's he only turned he turns twenty in February, so still give him a little bit of time. I know you know the A's or not the A's. The Braves spent you know a good amount of money on him, and the Angels also you know they they picked him up for a good amount of money. But he doesn't really have a position. Uh, he's not going to be a shortstop. I don't know if he sticks as a third baseman. Um, first base is an option and DH is an option, but you know, he, he hasn't, the bat hasn't come around. It came around in the second half last year. I'd like to see a a whole slate of games where he does what he did in the second half. But, um, but yeah, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. He's definitely, I don't think he's a shortstop. He might fit as a third baseman as a not very good defensive third baseman or, you know, a first base DH type of guy. So he's, he's interesting. But remember, he's only 19 years old, so give him a little bit of time. Give him some time. Uh, who sticks out to you besides the top four there on this list that you might see developing something special? Well, if you go to 15, I have Chris Rodriguez as my number three prospect in the organization. Um, why there is such a big you know, difference between me and Pipeline is because Rodriguez hasn't been healthy. Uh, I give him a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt just because I went and saw him pitch. I saw him pitch twice this year, and he has number one, number two stuff. It's it's unbelievable when he's healthy. Um, he's got the back issue that's hampered him, but it wouldn't honestly it wouldn't surprise me if he starts in Double A next year, and we could possibly see him up. I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I guess there might be a sm- slight chance of seeing him up next year if he stays healthy. He's ninety. 95 to 96, 97 will touch 98 at times with a, a, a good changeup and a good curveball and a, and a good slider as well. He's got four, three really good out pitches, and it's, it's all there if he stays healthy. I really think you know not a lot of, not a lot of the um, big prospect lists will have him up that high, and not a lot of people will really understand it. But you know, I, personally, I've seen him pitch, and I think that he has – Really, really good stuff, and I, I maybe not next year, but 
the year after that, if he stays healthy, we could definitely see him up and producing at the major league level. And that's that's why I have him at three and not you know Jordan Adams or anybody like that. Well, you mentioned Jordan Adams on the show as well in terms of where he might be. You're thinking next year's a big year for him. What were you seeing him to get you to reach that conclusion? I, I didn't get to see him this year. He's something else. He's going to be... He's big. He's athletic. He hasn't really played baseball all that long, which is insane to think that, you know. Uh, he's only 19 years old as well. Already working his way up to high A. I'm going to guess he starts in high A again next year and might finish the season in double A as a 20-year-old, which was, which is basically kind of where, you know, Joe Adele was in, in a way. I'm not going to compare him to Joe Adele in any fact of the matter just because Adele played more and he's... Adele is going to be a, you know, he, he's he's much more along the way than what Adams is. Um, but Adams has something, you know, he, he's very special as well. Big kid, um, a lot of power once that's going to come around. And, you know, a, a really good eye at the plate and a really good defender. Somebody told me a comp of like almost at the beginning of the last season of a Billy Hamilton type of guy. But I really think he's grown into something a little bit more than that. Almost, I don't want to, you know giveaway who it was but star somebody told me starling Marte type of thing which would be you know that's 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 pretty interesting to, to say that so uh it's it's interesting down there it's definitely interesting another guy comes to mind that i think underperformed this year that i think more was expected of was, was jemiah jones he's now 22 years old he is starting to get to that point age-wise where something needs to happen with him hit 234 this year down mobile and What's your take on him overall? Is is this the time where he needs to make it or break it, or is there, you know, is there more time for him? He's at second base now. What's your take on him? I like Jemai. You know the the body's there. He's got a he's got a big league body, so that's that's there. Um, you know they just really the Angels in general with Jemai just kind of need to stop playing with him. You know he went through he's gone through should I say so many different batting stances and different you know configurations when he's batting that I you know he's just kind of lost up there though I'll say this he was lost the first half the second half he really found it I think he hit close to close to 300 in the second half of the season with you know well above I, I want to say close to 120 120 130-ish um, WRC plus in double a which is that's that's where you want to be producing so I don't know if he starts the season next year in triple a but um, definitely somebody to keep an eye for eye on for because I think you know that's 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 interesting and it's very 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 close too you know it's closer than most people say and most people look at that you know two two uh, what do you say two thirty four batting average and they're like well he, yeah. he didn't hit very well down there but uh, but you know I think that you know it's still there's there's something there and he had a really good second half too so well I, I look at him also and go he's been moved around like you said a lot he's now going from the outfield to second base and. How much does that affect your development as a hitter, though, going from one defense position to another one? I don't think it was too much for him. I, you know, I mean, these guys are athletes, and they'll say it too. You know, it's it's one of those things where they'll tell you, you know, don't it doesn't bother me at all and such like that. It it does bother, you know. I think a little bit that you're, you know, you're learning a new position or you know you're you're having to do you have all this on your mind, and that's why we don't see a whole lot of guys down in the minor leagues that 
you know, not that Jemai does it, but both pitch and hit in the minors. That's that's an incredibly tough thing to do. So if that's happening, you're you're doing something pretty incredible. But even to play different positions down in the minor leagues is not an easy thing to do, especially at at these young ages that I'm talking about with these guys. You know, so it's it definitely will. It I think it definitely plays a part. But I also got to say that I think the Angels kind of got to stop messing with them a little bit and just you know let them go out there and hit. One other thing to notice about this top thirty, at least I've noticed it, is due to all the graduations this year, this is a young top thirty. Like you're talking single A guys, rookie guys, a couple double A guys. These are mostly players who are going to be in the system for a year or two. And I wonder, a in terms of media, how that gets addressed. Like you know, we've been seeing numerous debates talking about how the Angels. Farms has dropped from like 12 to 21 or something like that. And we know why. Graduation is a big part of that. But also, I wonder how the Angels plan to address this fact. I mean, you're not calling these... I don't see them calling anybody in this top 30 up anytime soon. I just don't see it. So next year, they just can't draw from the minors like they did this year. Well, you you're still going to have that depth, though. You know, I mean, you're still going to have La Stella comes back. Um, cross your fingers on Cozart comes back. Renifo, Fletcher, um, Ward, Thice. So you're still going to have that depth, even though some guys graduated. Uh, the, the depth doesn't, you know, it's not going to go away or anything like that. Um, but, but you, you know, you are right. There's only going to be, I mean, looking down at this, Adele gets the call i would i would have to assume adele's getting a call next year um marsh i'm gonna assume is gonna be in triple a at some point um but then you roll down the line here and you know sandoval's still on the list he's he's a nice piece of depth um luis madero maybe sees some time at the major league level i don't think so jeremy beasley's in triple a that's a nice little reliever to have there jared walsh but you know other than that you're right on you know it's 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 one of those things where a lot of guys graduated but the depth's still there, so I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about that. The depth, will, the just because you had Thice and Canning and Suarez and Sandoval and all these guys graduate doesn't mean that they just you know disappear. They're they're still depth pieces that are you know or possible starters or you know as John might say trade bait, <laughs> you know that uh, that that's that's there. So it's, you know they didn't just they didn't just fall off the table. You know it's it's still oh, producing. Yeah. I'm, no. not, I'm not saying they did. I'm, what I'm really saying, though, overall, when you are looking at the organization, you're trying to make a judgment call, and you look at these top burger lists, your top 50 lists, and so on and so forth, and you know, so th- there's going to be changes to the Angels this year. I don't know who's back next year. I mean, that's something you need to ask about. Right? I want to ask you about looking at these top 40, um, sorry, the 40-man roster, and guys like Taylor Ward. And what are the Angels going to do with these tweeners, these guys who are going back and forth now between AAA and AA? Where... What does their plan have to do with, say, free agency and their minor leaguers? In other words, who will we back? That's kind of what I'm pondering. So I'm looking at this minor league system right now, and it's really, really, really young. That's what I'm trying to get across. It's so young that it's kind of a blessing and a curse. The guys you have that are going back and forth are the guys you're stuck with because the guys from the top 30 probably aren't sniffing the majors for a while, except for maybe Adele. Like you said, Adele... And that depends on how he hits to start the year next year because he didn't do all that well hitting in AAA when he got called up this year. So he, the Angels should can hit that pitching first. But beyond that, you got to think that 
May, June next year, probably see Odell up there, and then after that, these other guys aren't going to be up anytime soon. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying on that. Um, it's something that I personally really haven't even thought of. That that's something that now you got that on my mind, and I'll be up till uh, midnight, one, two o'clock, doing that. So thank you very much. But <laughs> um, but but yeah, you know, it's it'll be it'll be interesting. Definitely a lot of turnover, but uh, it, it's going to be. They're going to probably have to try to sneak some guys through waivers if they like them enough, you know. Um, or you look at a guy like Jose Rojas, who's going to be Rule 5 eligible, probably more than likely, I'm going to guess, is going to get drafted and go somewhere else. That would be my assumption. I can't, you know, guarantee that, but um, it, it, it's there's a there's a decently good chance that that's going to happen. So, But, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be something that I think a lot of teams have to do. And it's something that the Angels, I don't think, have had to do recently with all this depth. So it's, I don't know if it's new to them, but it's going to be something that they're going to have to, you know, do a good job of evaluating these guys on who they want to, who they're going to be wanting to, you know, DFA or release or all that stuff come, uh, I believe it's November. November? I think. Yeah, but in, in fairness, too, this tells you there has been growth in the system that they actually have to face some of these choices. Now, for the longest time, they didn't really have to deal with these choices because they didn't have anybody. Now, they actually have depth. I mean, we could argue to our blue in the face whether or, not, whether, whether or not they have superstar depth, but they do have depth. And that is going to change how the entire decision-making process goes for the Angels from this point forward. So, folks, before we go on and, and leave for the day, we have a couple of dis- discussion questions for a couple, well, Q&A, so to speak, on this farm night. Before we get to those farm questions, we do want to let you know that we are looking for sponsors. So if you like what we're doing, you want to help us get the lights on, reach out to us at TalkinHalos at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have to get back to you. All right, so and make sure you check out this promo from our partners over at Big Heads Media. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Carol. And we're the hosts of Retro Late Fee. We are stuck in 1994. And we can't get out! <laughs> we're watching all the movies and TV shows that you probably remember, I guess. Somehow we're speaking to you through some kind of time portal. Right. Uh, join us every week for great movies and TV shows from 25 years ago. <laughs> it's fun, I swear. All right, Jared, our first question here on the Q&A. What is each of your top five Angels minor leaguers? Your top five. Uh, my top five favorites or top five? No, I'm just kidding. Top five uh, favorite is what you wrote. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just go down in order on my on my guys. Uh, I go Adele, Marsh, Rodriguez, Adams, and Jose Soriano. Those would be my... Those are my five guys that I, I I don't know if I like them. I mean, I like them the most. You know, I think they have the most upside in this organization. Uh, so those 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 are my five guys that I like. My five are Adele, Marsh, Wilson. I'm not sold on Wilson playing shortstop or going to second base, but he's got a bat. He's got a nice bat, and that's going to be one to keep an eye on moving up to the minors. Jackson. Jeremiah Jackson, the way he hit the ball when he gets on the ball, <laughs> when he gets on the ball, was in, in, very interesting this year. I want to see how he does next year. I want to see if he can continue to improve the holes in the swing so that maybe one day this kid, with this, he has this great power, can one day get to the major leagues. And I'm very curious. He's one of my favorites now just because I'm curious about him. William English. He's changed his name, I believe. Um, things are getting changed legally. But William English, a two-way player, t- 
number 29 on the list, but he's shown some things in the minors which are interesting, especially with both his pitching and his hitting. So they're my, you know, if I'm going to go personal favorites, the ones I, I want to watch the most right now, it's, it's Adele, Marsh, Wilson, Jackson, and English. I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I I don't think we haven't talked about English yet. He's he has such a pretty swing for an 18 year old. It's it's unbelievable. I I I finally we, we were I was finally able to see his swing when he got promoted to Orem, and it is it's pretty. And same thing when he as he's a pitcher, as a pitcher he is smooth and easy, and it's it's uh it's somebody to keep an eye on for sure next year. And he might run into like the top 10 for the Angels system by the end of next year. To be honest, it, it's um. It's smooth and easy on both sides, you know, whether he's a hitter and a, and a pitcher. And to be fair, I have Jeremiah Jackson at six and Will Wilson at seven. So you're, you're with me on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wilson to me just, his bat is already pretty much developed. And so we're just going to see him kind of move through the system. And I don't think they're going to do with him. I'm not sure if he winds up being trade bait or not because they have so many middle infielders in the system right now that have major league potential that I don't know what their final goal for him is. Uh, this is from NM Baseball. He's got two questions for us, and that will be pretty much do it for our, our Q&A. He asked, potential breakout players in this system? Uh, potential breakout? I, I just mentioned him. Will, William English, Holmes, William Holmes, William English. Uh, he so smooth, so easy. I mean, it's – I. I no weirdness here at all, but I'm, I'm like I'm falling in love with the guy. Just talking about him right now, I'm I'm excited for next season to see this guy, um, and I hope I honestly I hope we see him in spring training at the big league camp, so he gets his name out there a little bit more because I think you know that that's somebody that's that's somebody special. Um, another guy, Trent Devoe, uh, at the Bahamas, out of the Bahamas. You know, he's he's very interesting to me. If it all comes together um, at the major league level, he could be a you know a, a a 2020 guy he's got some wheels on him and he's got some power on him so it's if it all comes together which you can say that about every single one of these guys you know if it all comes together Trent DeVoe could be a 2020 guy at the end of the day so I I, I like DeVoe a lot as well well I had Chris Rodriguez written down I just thought about it so you know honestly at this point everybody would expect him to break out at some point here if he can stay healthy he's got the stuff to do it so i'm going to take him off my list will wilson to me i i i know i've mentioned just a few minutes ago because his bat is so mature i can see him going through the system very quickly to going from single a next year all the way up to triple a would not surprise me at all because that bat is there the question is what the angels will do with him position wise will be second or will be shortstop they gotta figure that out and get him comfortable there but it would not surprise me to see him break out pretty quickly and get to the major league level in short order. The other one I, I want to keep an eye on that I think has potential to break out is Deshaun Knowles. I think we forgot about this guy. He was up and down throughout the year this year. He's got such a nice upside as well, and it will be nice to see how his bat overall develops throughout the course of the entire year after one full year in the Myers. Like He's been there. First full season in a, I think it was his first full season, long season, right? First long season, not a short season. Yeah, yeah, first full season. So now he's got that under his belt. He's top ten right now. I'm very interested in seeing where he goes. I I got a good feeling about him. I do. I think we we're going to see a lot more out of Knowles. Yeah, Knowles is interesting too. I like I like him. Uh, my first reports on him coming out of the Bahamas was he was just he was a small you know speedster and then all of a sudden he he shows up and is uh, 
hitting all these home runs uh, two years ago, and I was like, "What? What do we got going on here? Like, this is this is actually something kind of kind of interesting." And then I uh, I finally watch him play for the first time this year, and he uh, he's he's bigger than I expected. You know, I mean, you can say the same thing about Jordan Adams, but you know, Knowles is Knowles is a little bigger than you might expect. He's not. He's not, you know, a little guy like Billy Hamilton that's going to steal a bunch of bases. He's He's got a little power on him, so definitely interesting. Okay, our last question here is also from MM Baseball 52 He writes, which Angels prospects do you believe could enter the top 10, sorry, top 100 lists with a breakout minor league season next year? Well, if I had to give um, just one, I'll say Jordan Adams, just because he's young. He's going to be 20 and going to only be in high A, so he'll be one of the youngest guys out there. So, you know, if he starts playing well, or, I mean, we might even see him at the beginning of the year cracking the top 100 on pipeline. So I'll say I'll say um, Jordan Adams is the, would be the one guy with Brandon Marsh not far behind him and also Jose Soriano not far behind him either. I think Brandon Marsh... We'll see him early in the year. I, I, I think that will flip just just because of his youth with Adams. I, I'm thinking Marsh is right there. Had a nice year this year. I'm going Adams. Going later in the year, possibly with Marsh this year. And honestly, just to due to the youth of this top thirty, I'm not sure anybody else goes in there this year. Next year, I mean, I think you might see two top 100 next year. With the bunch following up for 2021, that's how it seems to me. I, th- I think after next year, you're going to see Wilson on the cusp, and you're going to see Adams in the cusp, and you're going to see this next group getting closer and closer and closer. And that's when we're going to see like a, a bunch of them pop in there. And we're like, oh, that's where the Angels farm system has been this whole time. They've been the lower levels. Exactly, and it, Fangraphs does. I think they do a top 200 list. So that's that's an interesting one to one to uh, take a peep at as well um, when they come out with theirs and I think Pipeline will do their top 100 here really soon so March could sneak in this year for all we know I think that I think they'll redo their top 100 I could be wrong I could totally be wrong but I think they redo it one more time and they also will do it before the season starts too after yes, fall yes. league and winter league and spring training so we could see lots of changes there and that's what kind of ticks me off about folks who complain about the top 100 this year. It's like all of a sudden you forgot these guys who were top 100 at the beginning of the year are like gone. They, they magically disappear. Poof, they disappeared. And that's ridiculous. Those guys are still here. These graduated. So you're, you're mad because now they only have like one player in top 100? Well, at the beginning of the year, you had like six in the top 140. Exactly. And so what are you really trying to say? You, you're losing it, man. You're losing it. These folks are losing it. Relax. It's the the depth is there. It's just at the lower levels right now, and they're moving through the pipeline. We're going to be fine, and that's why I'm big on free agency this year because I think that free agency period will get players to fill those gaps as the as this next generation comes up. All right. Well, we do want to finish off talking about Mark Langston. Did want to mention his career. It was a pretty darn good one. He went to the Angels following the 1989 season. Age 29, so in 1990, he went 10-17, the 4-4-0 ERA, and that happens to have been his worst season up until 1994. Between 1991 and 1993, he went to three straight All-Star games, won three gold gloves, 
finished sixth in the Cy Young race in 1991. Okay, 1991 went 19-8 with 3-0 ERA, 34 starts. In 246 and a third innings, gave only 190 hits. That's it. Only 190 hits. Just was amazing. The 1.16 whip. He came back to earth a little bit the following year. Didn't have as much run support. And then 1993, 16-11, 3.2 ERA, 35 starts, 256 and third innings. 256 and third. We don't. We don't, who pitches that many innings these days? Not many. Not many. So, just a very solid pitcher for the Angels over the course of his career. Uh, finished up in 1997 with the Angels. Injuries caught up to him a little bit. His arm, you know, you could see uh, going down the stats. His hits per nine innings went up a lot beginning in 1994. And uh, over the course of time, he just wore down. But there was a time. There was a time that you could have said Mark Langston was one of the best pitchers in the major leagues. It's who he played for. The Mariners from 1984 to 1988 just they weren't very good. 1987 season, he still goes 1913 for them. The Angels between 1990 and 1997, they weren't very good. 95, they're decent, but overall, that was a that was a club that was struggling and rebuilding a farm system. So, Mark Langston, his career at the Angels, he deserves a lot of credit. You, you would think if you didn't know him very well that he was mostly a Mariner. No, he spent more time as an Angel than he did the Mariners, at least at the major league level. So, to Mark. We send you our best wishes. We acknowledge your wonderful career that you have with the Angels. And uh, we can't wait to hear you back in the radio booth. All right, folks. So we're getting ready to close up shop. And we want to give Jerry the opportunity to give his final thoughts. What are they, bud? Final thoughts. Uh, go Angels. Win the rest of the season. Uh, that, that's all I got. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have too many uh, final thoughts here. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready for playoff baseball, even if it doesn't include the Angels. I, I love playoff baseball. Uh, it sucks that the Angels aren't in it, um, but at the same time, you know, I I love it. I love the atmosphere. I love the way it feels. I'm going to try to get out to a Dodger game. I know you guys are all going to hate me for saying that, but I just want to. I want to feel the playoff atmosphere. I I love it. It makes me sad that the Angels aren't in it, and I'll I'll tweet it out once the World Series is won. You know, I I want a World Series that bad, but let's go playoff baseball. It's it's the it's like the best time of the year. Well, I mean, I can't fault you for going to see it playoff baseball game even if it's at dodger stadium because it's it's still a special experience you know you don't get to see it very often in your lifetime and now if you show up there wearing dodgers colors i would be heavily judgmental i'm just saying i have i have dodgers stuff only because i played on the dodgers for a while for uh college summer ball so that that's the only reason why i have some dodgers stuff um it comes in handy from time to time i'll say that uh what but I, 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 what? I won't wear it it comes in you handy i know you won't wear it, but won't. you just say it comes in handy. How's it coming in handy if you don't wear it? I, I don't. I, I'll, I'll wear it as a joke. I'll wear it as a joke sometimes. Oh my, my buddy's gosh. a big guy. I have a, I have a buddy that's a diehard Dodger fan, and I'll, uh, I'll show up in a Dodger's hat every once in a while, and he'll just shake his head, and he'll, he knows. He knows. So you taunt him? I do. It's a taunting thing. I don't know. I, it sounds a little shady, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am in no way a Dodger fan. I wore I wore twenty seven for my college for my college team my uh, college summer teams. That's that I had. I wore a Dodger jersey, but I wore twenty seven. I every single time when I saw our uh, general manager, I told him I said, "Hey, you ever thought about changing it to maybe like the East LA Angels or like the Los Angeles Dodgers of Anaheim type of thing for me?" You know, I've, I've been with you for six years, but 
I never was able to uh, to get that. He said I had to donate a lot of money that I didn't have, so I never was able to never was able to sway him. I got you. Yeah. I got you. But I can tell you this. Give me a red Dodger jersey. You know, I'm cool with that. Uh, red Dodger. I can tell you this: the Angels tonight. They're up six to three. If you get a chance to go to our, our Twitter feed, we just retweeted this amazing play at second base. Holy crap. My goodness. David Fletcher making a diving stop over to Andrelton Simmons. They get in the double play. Beautiful play. And by the way, Fletcher's 3 for 4 tonight. So, wow. What a, what a, what a nice uh, play. Go, go to our Twitter feed. Angels are winning. At this point, 6-3, by the time you listen to this, the series will be over. But we do like to kind of live call things for you. Again, go to our Twitter feed to see that play, man. It's one of the better ones you're going to see from the Angels this year. All right, with all that in mind, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Jared at Jared underscore Tims. Jared also has lots of work and find over at Diamond Digest. It's a great work. Uh, really good baseball mind. It's, I'm being nice, okay? I'm being nice. Also, you can find our <laughs> our podcast is found anywhere podcasts can be found for the most part we're almost everywhere so apple music spreaker all those places stitcher subscribe follow leave a review we'd really appreciate it with all that in mind for everyone here talking hey let's have a great night we'll see you midweek Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.